are now listening to a very special message from Joy Community Church. Thanks, Ron. That's beautiful. Well, people have asked me, uh, where have you been? Some have asked, hey, where have you been? And some have been, hey, where you been? And uh, Moe and I have been in Europe for the last few weeks. I wrote down here, uh, we missed you, but i just share with you, as worship started this morning, tears came to my eyes. I really love this body of people and the way we uh, reflect the kingdom of God to the earth in this neighborhood, and I really missed you. Uh, I did catch all the messages, uh, and hopefully this series uh, that we've done for the last three or four weeks, uh, Pastor James gave an overview four weeks ago and then preached on chapters one and three and Pastor Molly chapter two. Uh, It's really been just very rich from my perspective. Uh, Early in the year, Pastor James uh, asked, you know, is there any time you'd like to preach? I had no idea we would be gone so much in October. And I said, yeah, the last Sunday of October would be fine. And said, okay, well, you preach on Ephesians 4. Little did I know that two weeks ago I would actually be in Ephesus. And so we'll have a chance to show you some pictures of Ephesus uh, here this morning. So uh, the outline slide here, I do want to share a little bit about what I heard uh, while I traveled, and then we'll cover Ephesus and photos and living in unity with purpose. We'll go through Ephesians chapter 4, and then I want to share something that deeply impacted me while we were traveling. So a quick overview of Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, and this you know, you've got uh, a few hours uh, to trying to summarize, but the slide that Pastor James put up that just impacted me was these blessing, blessings encompass resources given to us in the heavenly realms. You know, it, it just struck me, and then last week, chapter 3, where he said, remember that your faith and inner person is strengthened by God's supernatural, all-sufficient, and almighty power. Now, when he said it, he said, it is put together with his all-sufficient, amazing power. And I just can't do it. (laughs) Because he's filled with it. I'm still getting filled up with it. But it's like, is that what I'm asking for? Let me... Let me do it this way. How many people have shopped at Wegmans? And, and leave your hands up. Uh, I'm trying, it's hard to see everybody, but it looks like it. Leave your hands up. Uh, how many people have shopped for milk? Bread? Get your tire changed? Haircut? At Wegmans? You haven't gotten your tire changed yet? I mean... Have you gone into the bakery department and said, look, I need my tire changed. Could you please? Go, get, go to the prescription department and say, hey, I'm, I'm preaching. I need my hair cleaned up a little bit. I say, you're asking in the wrong place. We ask God 
for money to pay our bills instead of character that would allow us to have a good career. We pray, change my grumpy boss or neighbor instead of asking God if we can be part of their salvation, their transformation, or perhaps just have the grace to deal with them that others would see the witness. Too often our prayer is change the situation instead of God, how do you want to use me in this situation? Fill me with that grace, that supernatural, all-sufficient, and almighty power. Let me seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these other things will be added. You'll have the money to pay the bills. You know, the, the sickness, I, I put this in, and I said it's going to take too long, but I'm sorry. I think of Patrick Whalen who was here 20, 25 years ago, and he suffered. Uh, he was a veteran. He'd go to the VA hospital in Canandaigua. I remember him going down to the VA hospital in Tennessee. And he says, I'm so excited. I said, what are you excited about? He said, this disease is taking me places I'd never be able to witness to someone before. I can't wait to see what appointment God has for me there. And when he came back, he had brought people to the Lord. It's just a whole different mindset of like, let me ask the Heavenly Father from something out of his treasure box instead of something that I think I need. And then Pastor Molly's, uh, just that beautiful story she started with of the foster child and was just so disappointed in the expectations that the elders had for her in order to be uh, given uh, a reward. And the, the stepfather, the foster care parent said, well, we're, gonna, all the, we're taking all the children to Disney World. And she was just obnoxious and awful and terrible the whole time. And when they got there, she got to go to Disney World. And at the end of the day, broke in tears and said, what is it? I didn't go because I deserved it. I went because of who I am in relationship with you. See, Ephesians 1 is all about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2 is all about the Father sending Jesus is a plan of salvation. And Ephesians 3 is all the different gifts that come within Ephesians 4. Ooh, now we have to live it out. Hmm. Well, let me do a few pictures here. Uh, we haven't moved along here, huh? Let's go to slide two and uh, slide three and slide four. So this is, we covered that already, so we're moving right along. Slide five, <laughs> Ephesians and Ephesus and photos, and here we are. So first of all, next slide. So Ephesus, you know, why Ephesus? You know, I, this is not a question I ever asked, except when you're there. It's like you got a tour guide. Uh, you got some time, you know you're going there, so you do a little bit of study. And so Ephesus, these cities that are in boxes, uh, I think it was Alexandria, Rome, and Antioch, one, two, and three largest cities. Ephesus was the fourth largest city of its time, 250,000 people, without a sewer system, no Wegmans. 
you know, you picture you got a little farm and you got your food and the five of you or 10 of you or 20 of you, whatever the tribe is, here's how we're going to handle our personal stuff. Now you expand that to 250,000. How are you going to feed and take care of? Uh, so the fourth largest city, center of trade, and I'll come back to that when we start talking about living together in unity. Uh, on our way out of Istanbul, I said, oh, I'd like to get a T-shirt. And we had a tour guide, and the tour guide said, okay, well, here, and it was 15 euro. And I turned to the tour guide and said, now, how much do you negotiate on this? He goes, it's one item. I said, well, I'll give you 10 euro. He goes, it's one item, 15. I said, 11. He goes, 14. I said, uh, 12. He said, 13.50. I said, fine, 13.50. We got on the cruise ship, put it in the laundry. It went from an adult XL to a child's XL. <laughs> he didn't quite tell me that as part of the negotiation. Uh, the Temple of Diana, Pastor Molly mentioned this. This was the big uh, goddess of fertility. So once a year, there was a festival where everyone came in in May. Like, if you want to have crops to be fertile, then you need to do your pilgrimage to this goddess. Uh, Gentiles visiting Ephesus who were converted. So Ephesus, if you lived anywhere in here, that was the port you went to. And then if you were in Alexandria, it was easy to get to. Greece, it was easy to get to. Uh, so it was really a, a central port that to establish some time of ministry, and Paul was there for two and a half years, set up a church. As people were built up and sent out, you know, now obviously you can see he traveled a lot in his ministry as for uh, missionary travels. But just being in Ephesus for two and a half years, uh, imagine the impact he had from the people that were there trading, get saved, they're there maybe for a month, load their ship up and go back with the gospel. Uh, and so uh, John and Mary uh, lived there as well. John, uh, they both died there. Uh, Mary, somewhere between 44 and 48 A.D., uh, you know, I went to the office looking for death records. Not just kidding, there weren't any. <laughs> and then uh, John, the only uh, apostle who was not beheaded, uh, died around 92 AD, lived there for a long time. Next slide, uh, here's a picture of uh, Ephesus. Here's the port, and then this is about 10%. Uh, they've ex excavated about 10% of Ephesus. And uh, we'll, the first slide you'll see will be right here. Uh, item number two there is a bathhouse. And the guide explains, so you've traveled three months on camel to get there to do your trading. They really don't want you in the city till you've taken a bath. Uh, and then we'll go down the streets. Uh, so the next slide, yeah, there's... Uh, bathhouse area. Next slide. So this is looking down uh, marble streets. It's just amazing. Uh, now, uh, uncomfortable to walk on. You know, it's one thing for me when I walk two, three, four, five miles. Uh, it's another thing to do it on cobblestone or marble or 
Um, but you can see these beautiful stones, and we're gonna get down to this building in just a second. Next slide. Uh, down here, right, we're getting close to the port. Go ahead. And this beautiful wall, that other building behind it is the third largest library in the world at that time. I mean, it's just a very rich, wealthy city. You want people to be impressed uh, when you show up. Uh, and then the next is the uh, marketplace. And think of uh, the Rochester public market, you know, that, that kind of expanse. And along here and along there, these columns, there were a roof and then the business shops uh, on the outside walls. It's likely this is where Paul uh, would have established his tent repair business uh, somewhere in here. Uh, so uh, if you can go backwards, two slides. Uh, so uh, we're talking right in this uh, area, number seven. There's a theater here, a gymnasium, uh, but very close to the port. Uh, so as people are coming and going, uh, you want everything to be uh, set up beautifully. Uh, so that's a little bit about Ephesus, and now uh, we'll go back to my outline. There we go. So living in unity. So first, Paul's exhortation to live in unity. Now, chapter 3 starts out with, I'm in prison. Chapter 4 starts out, I'm in prison. It's not like they had a lot of paper and ink. Why are you repeating yourself? Well, chapter 3, oh, thank you. Uh, for this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles. He was preaching this, this, the way. And he was back uh, in Roman territory, and the Jews were the ones, hey, you've got to arrest him. We're tired of him preaching this false religion. So he's in prison for the Gentiles, and then chapter 3 is all about that plan of salvation. And so now chapter 4, remember where I am and why I'm here. Okay? Is the start of chapter 4. Since I'm the prisoner of the Lord, walk worthy of the penalty that I'm paying. You know, I, I believe this so much I'm in prison, you could at least live your life out this way. Uh, Worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So the first few verses there... Uh, what is it that uh, Paul's asking for? And uh, next slide. To walk in humility, in gentleness, long-suffering, patience, in spite of troubles. It's not, 
Let's pray to get out of troubles, but patience in troubles. There's only one plan of salvation. But who's he speaking to, this unity? Okay, this, this wasn't uh, uh, a sorority club at a, a local university where everyone was uh, studying to be uh, a political science major or uh, a football team or uh, a woman's dance theater. And they all have similar thoughts and they come from different backgrounds, but they're all trying to do the same thing. No, this is Greeks and Turks, Jews who have spent their whole time in synagogue and finally said, oh, this is the Messiah. And they've got 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 years of rules and laws, and this is how you exhibit your faithfulness to God. And Gentiles who are like, so where's the statue that you want me to worship? You know, it's like, and, and Paul's like, no. It's just one plan. That's it. Sailors, farmers, traders, day laborers, rich and poor. And as I thought of Ephesus, I said, how much different is Joy Community Church from the city that Paul was writing to? You know, folks that have been in church their whole life and then get a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. People who have spent their whole time in bondage, just as we prayed about uh, Bondage to uh, addiction, bondage to the consequences of abuse and trauma. And you get saved. It's like, okay, now let's all walk together. <laughs> Hold on here. Uh, I'm single. You're married. You're married, you don't have any kids, you're off doing whatever you want. Uh, no, you're retired. You go, well, Europe, whoa, you want me to walk with you? <laughs> well, it's not uniformity. It's not we all do the same thing. But we all have the same belief. The same saved through the blood of Jesus Christ, imbued with the power of the Holy Spirit. A Father who loves us, who has a storehouse of gifts, and all we have to do is ask. That's how we live in unity. And then we do our ministry, either here on the campus, next door, in the workplace, in our neighborhood, to expand the kingdom of God. So the next, gifts from heaven's storehouse, what are they? So verses 7 to 16, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. And these next two or three sections, you could do a full sermon on this. So I'm just covering some of the top highlights. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean? But that he first descended. He, he was up there with the Father and the Holy Spirit. And they, I don't know if they drew straws. <laughs> Who's going to come down to earth, die on the cross to take away the power of Satan? here on earth. Did Jesus volunteer? Maybe he looked at the Holy Spirit and said, yeah, you can't do it. You're, you're all over the place. <laughs> but then when he ascended, 
He himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. What for? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To be a perfect man, a woman, to the measure of the statue, stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is ahead, Christ, from whom the whole body, the whole body, turn to someone else and say, you're, you're part of my body. When you don't do your part, I can't do my part. See, because the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes a growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So let's say I'm the kneecap and I go away for a few weeks. The foot is wondering, how do I engage? Or I can be here, but I say, I'm not going to do anything. Oh, do some Christmas boxes. Looks like there's plenty of names here. I don't have to do my part. And then who I'm connected to doesn't get blessed because we're not connected because I haven't done what I was supposed to do. That's a type of unity so we don't all have to do the same thing. Some people are going to do the packaging. Some are going to be the receiving. Some are, we don't do the same thing. It's not uniformity. But it's, what is my part in this that God has purposed us here? So uh, next slide. Three weeks ago, Pastor James shared the treasure box that God has these heavenly gifts. <clears throat> we should be asking God to bless us from his treasure box. We receive gifts so that we can do our part in equipping the saints till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. We all have our part to do to cause growth of the body of Christ. And do we understand how important it is? You know, this gift is within us. Now, you can go to Pastor James and say, what do you want me to do? And kind of just... I, I got a list of 40 things that need to be done. But you want me to go ask the Father what he's put in you. Now, uh, sure, there's plenty of times, hey, Pastor James, can I do this or can I do that? Or, hey, I'm available Friday afternoon, anything I can do? And you get answers. But God has gifted you. When he went up, he gave you gifts. And I say, well... <clears throat> Yeah, but see, I don't have faith for that. Oh. Guess where you can get that? There's a treasure box. Well, see, I've been over to the Hope Shop, and the personalities there are a little bit much for me. Are you talking about the people who come or the volunteers? I'll go back. It's a supernatural grace God can give you for that. 
if, if that's what he's putting on your heart and you say, but I lack this, he's got this treasure box. That's where, those are the gifts that you should be asking for. So how to live in unity. Verse 17. This I say, therefore, in testifying the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the, gen- rest of the Gentiles walk. And boy, that must have been something else because that's where you came from. There's 250,000 people. There's a lot of people coming and going. <clears throat> I didn't want to show exactly where the uh, brothel is, but it's right off that same main street. Every ancient city we went to, there's a brothel. It's like, really? That's, well, it's just the way it was. That is normal. And you're not going to do that anymore because of this belief in someone who died? And there's rumors that he rose again. No, follow our way of life. No, no, no. Paul's saying you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feelings have given themselves over to lewdness to work all uncleanness and greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Praise God. So, Click that one more time. Uh, No matter our upbringing, our background, our old man or old woman, God's plan has gifts, power, and grace to live in righteousness and holiness. We are called to become new in Jesus Christ. So some specific behaviors... Verse 25, therefore putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. I wonder what that guy in, it's a grand bazaar in Turkey. If you ever get to go there, oh my gosh. It hasn't changed in 2,000 years. Streets are this wide. It just, what if I had said, sir, I want a fair deal on a t-shirt. I want to be able to wear it proudly. What do you recommend? I recommend this $15 shirt for 25 euro. Is that what he would have done? Oh, that's it? You want to negotiate? Okay. That's who you want to be? Then I'll be who I want to be. Interesting how, how we show up can impact other people. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. 
Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may, may impact grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God and Christ forgave you. So what are some of those behaviors? Uh, next, next slide. Uh, so speak truth. I like the Amplified, where it says, be angry uh, and do not sin in the New King James Version on your right-hand side. In the Amplified, it says, be angry at sin, at immorality, at injustice, at ungodly behavior, yet do not sin. You know, because it's like, what, what do you mean, be angry but don't sin? And, and the Amplified, for me, did it. But work hard rather than steal so you can take care of yourself and help others. It's not just to have enough for us, but to have enough for us and those we see in need. Speak so you're a blessing to others. You know, that's something that's been a lifelong uh, pursuit of mine to uh, have a level of sarcasm that's not so sharp that it cuts people. You know, to really work on my tongue. Ask God to remove all hurt, bitterness, and unrighteous anger. But there's another one, his treasure box. You know, boy, Lord, I'm really angry at that other person. Could you just get them out of my life? Yeah. How do we pray about that in those difficult situations? When God is saying, okay, what's going on in me? What was my trauma? What was my abuse? Father God, can you heal me from that? so that then I can express unconditional love to those around me? Can you do that for me? As different as one people group is from another, be kind and tender-hearted to one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Uh, it still goes through my head. Uh, I wouldn't try to pray at Ephesians 4.32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, as in Christ God forgave you. Angelo Oliverio, Pioneer Club, circa 1804 or something. <laughs> yeah, if, if you've been in this church and had kids in Pioneer Club in 1990, that song is forever in your head. Um, so, it, you know, when I looked at chapter four, I don't know, maybe July or August, with the understanding that I'm going to be preaching on this in a few months. Uh, I'm going to have a chance to go to Ephesus. What do I want to say? And I, and I looked at this chapter and I said, well, if I get four weeks, I could do a pretty good job with it. Because there's just so much here. It's my relationship with God, my relationship with you, the call of God on my life. And then these little behaviors that have been put in me from before I was born. And you get to chapters 5 and 6 that we'll hear in the next couple of weeks 
wives and husbands and children, and then the full armor of God. But this chapter is so rich. And so hopefully as I've spoken, there's something that God has pricked in you to go to Pastor James and say, I believe God wants me to help in the church in this way. Or in the past when you've asked me to do something, because this is the other way God uses pastors. I'm not getting through to Bill. Could you give him a call and in a nice way say, hey, Bill, how would you like to head up the uh, work project next Saturday? I said, oh, I was supposed to drop it this way, not. <laughs> Bad timing. Sorry about that. Was that good, Al? Al likes my humor. You know, or, uh, you know, would you like to do this or would you like to do this? And you, oh, ho hum. So Pastor James wants me to do that. I'll, I'll pray about it and get back to you. And he goes back to his prayer closet and says, I got the same response you did. You know, they just, I, I don't know how to get their ears open, their spirit to receive that this isn't a call for me and it's not an itch that they just scratch and it goes away. This is from you so that your kingdom can expand. And hopefully some of those things have come to the surface a little bit today. And then for others, there's some hurts. And Pastor James was stealing a little bit of my thunder, if you will, that uh, after worship, there was a time where are there generational issues, abuse issues? Are there things that need to be healed that you keep saying, I just need grace for it, and God's saying, no, those are the kinds of things I really want to heal. And so we hear a message like this and say, oh boy, the funniest thing was when that mic dropped, wasn't it? Didn't, didn't Bill Good do a good job? He covered up pretty well for that. I, I think I did a pretty good job. It could have been embarrassing, but everybody laughed instead. Oh, that's good. Let's all go home. And maybe some Sundays I would do that too. But I appeal to you, I request, I ask, if there's a kingdom purpose God has put within you, that you allow it to happen in your life. See, here's why, if you go to the next slide. We had a couple extra days in Rome. Uh, so we, we had a, a tour of northern Italy and then a cruise. And, uh, you know, thank God for the blessing to do it. This is a post-retirement, separate myself from an intense workload and get to know my wife and be away so that, as happened, someone called and said, Bill, uh, Elsewhere in New York State, they're looking for someone permanently or temporarily to be CEO of the transit system. Are you interested? It's like, I didn't want to be around sitting at home watching leaves fall saying, I'd rather go do that than rake the leaves. So we set up this vacation. It was purposeful. It, we had a great time. And I, I'll talk to the person Tuesday or Wednesday next week and say, no, I'm not interested. But this is where we went uh, on 
Thursday, I'm sorry, Friday, uh, a few weeks ago. The next slide. Uh, Peter and Paul are not still there. This is statues of them in prison on the left side, but essentially you can go down and say this is the cell that they were in. On the right side, church that was built in 1560 or thereabouts, that we visited Thursday afternoon, the prison Friday morning. Um, those are the chains that held Peter. And you see those things, and you realize for them, the decision to follow Jesus Christ was different than my decision to follow Jesus Christ. In the scope of eternity, really no difference. You know, we're both saved by the blood of Jesus, and we're both, we're all brothers in the Lord. But when they agreed to do it, and this might cost me my life. You think, well, that's just Peter and Paul. They were kind of the leaders. Happened to all the apostles that they were martyred. But on our tour in Rome, the next slide, how many people know what a catacombs is? Okay, catacombs are all over that geographic area that I showed you. Uh, for the most part, pagans were cremated and put in urns. Now you've got some Egyptians that mummified people, but Christians believed that there was going to be a resurrection and their bodies uh, would be raised. But you couldn't just bury a Christian body anywhere because it was illegal to be a Christian until 312 AD when Constantinople said, we now recognize this as a religion. And so we're 30 feet underground, the second level. And this priest, doesn't look like a priest, but he's been at the catacombs for 10 years. It's a priest, spirit-filled man. You could feel the spirit of God all over him. Respect where you are. And we would go to one area and say, this is large enough, they probably had house churches here. And this is named after this bishop. And this is named after this bishop. Another 60 feet down in Rome. But you'll find them in a lot of different places. How serious do I take the call of God on my life. Is there anything God is asking of me that I'm saying not yet or not now? Is there any area of my life, anyone that he wants me to reach out to that I'm saying it's really not a good time, God? And then you see what people did in order to live out their faith. 
just a sober moment. You know, people would say, uh, I think I've counted up 51 different experiences we had. Okay, and, and this is just to give you some sense of the Colosseum in Rome. Uh, if you've seen me on Facebook, now that I'm on Facebook. Uh, dinner on a terrace, watching the sunset with St. Peter's Basilica is another picture I put up on Facebook. Uh, the Acropolis, uh, Ephesus, uh, place after place after place. The Vatican, St. Peter's Basilica. Churches throughout Italy and Barcelona. The catacombs is what got me. Am I living my life as if my life depends on it? Am I willing to let God use me regardless of the cost? Because I come from a generation a couple thousand years ago, but I come from a generation that were willing to pay that price that I might know about this good news. So, in summary, stop asking Wegmans to change your tires. <laughs> stop asking God for the little things. Now, he, he will answer those prayers. It's like, sends one of the angels out, hey, uh, so-and-so, uh, I, I don't have a lot of time. Could you find me a parking spot? And he loves us that much. He'll send a little angel out and get you a parking spot. And then, uh, hey, we're, we're looking for a, a place for a birthday party for our kids. Could you make that happen? And, and, and it happens. I don't think God the Father does those things. I think he sends angels out, and the angels take care of it. But when someone says, I want more grace... I want more faith. And the angel says, can I send that to Bill? Oh, no, no, no. I want to give it to him. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I want him to know this comes from my throne room. I really think he delights to give us those gifts. And we're all equipped for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come together to the unity of the faith. That's not just talking about us. It's the people who come through the door, the people that we run into at work, people that come to the hope shop, that we need to be built up and capable of. Can I pray with you about that? You know... I used to have a similar problem, and then God came into my life. Can I tell you about my story? We are all equipped to do that. There's, there's only one plan. They just need to ask Jesus Christ to come into their life. And to be renewed into new men and women to live the purpose-filled life God desires from us. And so what's keeping you from living in the unity of the faith? I really like this or that. 
I like to watch pornography. I like to spend hours on social media. I like to swear. I like to drink, and sometimes I like to drink too much. Let it go. If God's putting his finger on it, let it go. And if there is a purpose, something, I would have to give up pickleball in order to go to those Wednesday night meetings. Try it. You may just find that his purpose that he's designed in you is more fulfilling than anything you're doing that you've defined for yourself to be fulfilling. Amen? We're going to have the prayer team up here. Um, are you coming up? No. No? Okay. Father God, what an amazing book that Paul penned. We're just uh, two-thirds of the way through it. It's so rich. Father, I pray that this gift that you've given to us would richly bless us, change us, into the new man, the new woman. And the plans and purposes designed from the beginning of time, we would take more seriously. Because you've taken it seriously, sending your son to die on the cross for us. You loved us that much. We want to learn how to love you back generously. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at joycc.info.